0: August 8th, 2014, the first Five Nights at Freddy's game released, and nine years later, the game series has grown to feature 11 main series games, a novel trilogy, an anthology book series, graphic novels based off of the different book series, and a movie coming out later this year in October. This series in particular is special for many different reasons. It was created by one man... It had a relatively unique premise. YouTube Let's Players helped spread the game series around and gain popularity. But I believe the reason Five Nights at Freddy's has become a staple of the gaming industry is because of the mystery. This series introduces a unique style of storytelling that keeps everyone guessing. And nine years later, the community still cannot agree on what fully happens in the story. Today... We will be breaking down the history of Five Nights at Freddy's and hopefully making sense of what has become a very convoluted fandom to get into. Welcome to Strange Ride, where I tell the smartest man I know the weirdest things I know. My name is Savannah Verrett, and I will be your guide today. But you're not the only ones going on this ride. I have uh, Brianna Literal here with me. Hey, guys. And then uh, Evangeline Olson. Hello, hello. And shadow guesting Evangeline is our friend Grant. I'm
1: over
0: here. What is your last name?
1: Shaheen. Shaheen.
0: All right. Grant Shaheen. Yeah. He's brand new to the podcast. Never heard him before. Well, oh, and then we, of course, have the smartest man I know, Rob C. Thompson of Occult Confessions fame.
2: Here, here I am, fast and Freddy and five.
0: He's ready for Freddy. Ready for
2: <laughs> fast Five
3: nights. You really almost left him out, too, he was so ready over there.
0: See, I'm hardly counting him as a guest this episode because he knows literally nothing about this (laughs) at all. I have opinions,
2: but only on the first game.
0: Yes, it's going to be very exciting. So I also uh, gathered Evangeline and Brie with me because uh, whenever I have to talk about FNAF, they're the ones I go to because they're the only ones that understand when I say this character is a robot, in disguise or something like that. And Mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) And you don't look at me like I'm a crazy person. Uh... It's
4: Gregory. We all know
0: it. (laughs) Oh, God. Already (laughs) on the hot takes. Evangeline's throwing us down immediately. (laughs)
2: Let's take this step by step.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, like, the game series is super hard to get into nowadays. So I'm trying to make a sort of nice groundwork for people who have never heard of Five Nights at Freddy's never seen Five Nights at Freddy's or even if you played just one of the games like I'm hoping to at least condense it to make it so that you it's like a bouncing off point to explore further or if you're just going to go see the movie like you'll at least have some ground knowledge for what might happen in the movie
2: and I'll be your everyman because when I say I played the first game I mean I did yesterday <laughs> Just for this episode, that is the only reason I've engaged with this series at all. So I will be here to keep Savannah, you know, explaining things in a way that makes sense to me.
0: Yes. So, and we definitely need that because uh, I have been in this fear. Uh, I've been in this series as a fan since it started nine years ago. So. Same,
3: and it's like all just soaked into my yes. soul at this point. So, yep,
0: like. I'm just like, yeah, no, this is this is fact. But Rob's never heard the name William Afton and he's one of the most important characters in the whole series.
2: I have so. not been <laughs> yeah. my brain has not been pickled at Freddy's. Mm. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. Un-pickled and
0: I, I actually too so with Five Nights at Freddy's There's so much content and things to get into that this series will definitely be more than one episode and we'll see how many episodes it ends up being. But I'd like to introduce a new idea to this podcast. So you know how uh, rides have height requirements i'm going to put a uh context requirement on some of these episodes <laughs> so this one will be like the kitty coaster like there's no context requirement like i'm gonna hold your hand while we go on this ride together but uh definitely with the later episodes i will be telling you how much context you need to understand what kind of crazy stuff i'm going to be saying so you this, need
2: not have googled it at this point no to appreciate well, hopefully what's hopefully I to will give you
0: enough context okay. but just for people who like who know the series like you can hop to the next one if you want but we'll be talking about some neat things i think hey, rob would you like to talk about our patreon
2: <laughs> yes you too can give us money so over on patreon uh we uh, the, our patreon is hosted by the alchemical actors which are the uh parent company of all the three of our shows a call confessions uh, strange ride and dark pool uh, so if you head over there, you can hear Savannah and Bree and Evangeline uh, and myself uh, doing all kinds of episodes on weird stuff. Brie has been creating a lot of our Patreon content lately uh, about serial killers. and Yeah, mostly crimes. <laughs> yeah,
3: but they're, spooky. <laughs> but they're spooky, spooky crimes. Yeah, there's spooky there's crimes. some spookums to them.
2: Uh, And I've got a couple episodes on L. Ron Hubbard going up over there of Scientology fame. So, uh, you know, we haven't done any specific Strange Ride uh, bonus content yet. However, if you're enjoying what Savannah is up to here and what the rest of us are are doing on the Strange Ride, then uh, by all means, for as little as $2 a month, uh, you can have access to all that bonus content. And any bonus content we should develop in the Strange Ride universe
0: extended yeah. universe. <laughs> we got there's a lot to talk about it, when it comes to strange things on the internet. So uh yeah, and also like follow and rate us. If you yeah. give us a rating, we'll we'll read it or something. I yeah, <laughs> we'll
2: start doing that. We'll start reading them reviews once they start coming in. The show's Woo! still relatively new, but yeah, once they start coming in, we'll start reading those reviews and do find us on the Instagrams Strange Ride.
0: Yeah. All right. Woo-hoo. So, uh, just like Occult Confessions, we have a pledge for this show.
2: My brain for just stopped shit. working for a second. The
0: <laughs> so, the pledge goes I solemnly commit myself to keep my hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the vehicle at all times while on this strange ride.
2: I I solemnly commit to keep keep my arms, legs, and legs legs inside inside the vehicle vehicle at all times times while on this strange ride.
3: Strange (laughs) ride. Yeah.
0: Close enough. So, getting into the series, uh, I truly believed that this series needed no introduction. Like, in my little bubble on the internet... Every single person knows about Five Nights at Freddy's. But then when I brought it up to Rob, he was like, I'd never heard those words put together in a sentence before. So uh, I'm very excited <laughs> to <laughs> Well, to you see can breeze this.
2: over it. We were just talking, like, Savannah and I do watch some of the same, like, gamer YouTube folks, but I would not, like, I'm sure I have seen the words, but just breeze past them because I was like, I don't care about that game. I've never played that game. And What do I care? I'm going to watch this other episode on this YouTube channel about something that I do play. So I think you can just ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's fair. I, I just like to watch videos about games I've never played before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay,
2: well, maybe, maybe that's the difference in our millennialness. I'm, I'm too old of a millennial.
0: I've got a mix of that. I've
4: played some of the games, but I watch a lot of the games, too. <laughs> Same here.
2: So your first exposure to this was watching somebody else play it.
0: Yes, yeah. I have played mm-hmm. a few of the games. However, this is just me. I love horror. I love horror anything. However, I do not like playing horror games because I get so stressed out playing them that I'm like, it's just not worth it. The stress. I'm not having fun. Mm. I feel like I'm going to like freak out. But watching people play it, I have fun because I it's I can separate myself from it. Like, I think when I play a video game, I get too immersed in it. And I'm like, I'm actually the one that's going to die. So like when I'm watching a horror movie and when I'm watching somebody play a horror game, I'm separated from it. So it's easier for me.
2: Yeah, it might be generational. I wonder about it. I don't know if I have a good, smart answer to this, but, you know, people of my age who were the original like home entertainment system people like the first NES and the SNES I just feel like we are and you'll probably hear this today when we talk about this like we're hyper focused on gameplay and how how you play the game and mm-hmm. the act of physically playing the game we might like we would sit in the room together and watch each other play but you're passing that controller back and forth I think it's more you guys, you know, the the other half of the millennial arc, <laughs> maybe into the Z's who are more they enjoy watching people play on YouTube. And my, my old guys are like, I don't get why people why do kids watch it play into games. You're I not know. really that much younger. And <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Basically,
0: well, it's all I watch. <laughs> For me,
3: so I like to. One, I don't play games if I can't stand the gameplay. One, I will not play it. I'll watch somebody else play it. But with FNAF, my issue is I've played like, I think I played one through four, but then I stopped playing because I got really frustrated with the gameplay. And I was like, okay, this isn't fun anymore. It's getting tedious. I'm not scared anymore. I'm just playing repetitive motions at this point yeah, and yeah so i just would rather somebody else play it and watch the reactions and see what they can find in it because i don't have the patience to find things in games like that
2: yeah that's well, hyper simplistic yeah, yeah it's not its like a, a super
3: immersive like i am like going through like a super intense like a very high graphics horror game type of thing that's more my my bag but, right yeah, yeah.
0: well I, so for people who've never ever played the game and have no idea what we're talking about um i will set the scene for you so imagine you were just hired by Fazbear Entertainment to be the night guard at a really old and creepy Chuck E. Cheese-style restaurant. How
2: so, it, not really old; it's like the '90s, right, or the '80s, Dates to the 80s. yeah, yeah.
0: Okay,
2: sound like Disney World. Um,
0: I guess by really old, I meant that it's like it's creepy looking, like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah.
2: decrepit, but it's, yeah. it's like 40 years old.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's an arcade slash pizzeria. So just picture Chuck E. Cheese, except it's not Chuck E. Cheese characters. <laughs> and but it's
2: meant, but it's a It's meant to invoke them. Yes. Oh, for sure.
0: You are sat in your security office with a computer monitor in front of you and a huge open door space to your right and left. You then get a phone call from the person who was supposed to train you, and the man on the phone tells you that the animatronics roam the building at night and that you want to avoid them getting into your room. There are buttons on the walls that you can press to bring down giant metal doors to prevent one from wandering in if it gets too close. However, you only have a limited amount of power and cannot keep the doors closed for very long.
2: He doesn't actually tell you that till the second night. You're really left on your own the first night.
0: Oh, I didn't remember that. he
2: really just gives you backstory. I do because I was looking around like, well, okay, so now what?
4: Luckily, the first night is the easiest night. Yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. but
2: not if you don't know. Anyway, that <laughs> your power runs out, that. You Trial know. by
4: fire! Yeah, right. That's what makes it scary. You don't what know makes what it
3: you're frustrating that's, doing. frustrating to players yes. like me and Robin. Yeah. And Rob, I, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Trial by animatronic! <laughs> all right,
2: all right. I need a little, little tutorial here.
0: You work from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. and must survive the animatronics constantly trying to get into the security room. The game is a point-and-click, meaning that your character's point of view is a fixed point and like all your controls are controlled through your mouse, you just click on the buttons that you see there. You can use your monitor to keep track of where the animatronics are wandering through the building with the security cameras and then of course you click the buttons by your doors to light up the doorway to see if anything's there and if they are there you need to shut the door fast. You play for five nights with the animatronics getting more active as the week goes on. The animatronics that you must protect yourself from are Bonnie, a bright blue bunny who has a killer guitar. <laughs> uh,
2: Very Donny Darko. Mhm.
0: Chica, who wears a bib that says "Let's Eat" and carries around Mr. Cupcake on a tray, which is literally just a cupcake with a face.
2: The one that terrified me the most. <laughs> she should
0: yeah, terrify loves you pizza.
2: the most. Yeah, she's a terrifying yeah. creature. She,
0: yeah. Yeah. So this is another thing in the fandom. I think this might have been one of the first fights in the fandom. Is is Chica a chicken or a duck? No. <laughs> and I think I personally think and I swear to God, I'm not lying. This People argue about this, this. God love him. I think that she's a chicken. I think so too. Chica chicken. That it makes only the most makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yes. But Bonnie, she does bunny. have duck like qualities. With the I feel like the beak is very duckish. No. <laughs> she
2: doesn't... It looks
1: more like a bill. All their mouths yeah.
2: are kind of messy. Step, she, but. she does.
3: If she was modeled after a duck, it would be like she's modeled after like a rubber ducky type yeah. of
0: thing. Yeah. But I don't think she'd be named feet. Chica.
1: Yeah, she chicken. Wasn't a she, you're bunny. right.
0: She doesn't have web feet. She's a chicken. Yeah. She's a chicken, guys. <laughs> Plus, it's it confirmed. also
1: doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Chica the duck. Uh,
0: <laughs> nothing. You're so right, though. <laughs>
2: Donald Duck. That's all you get. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Hiding out in a Pirates Cove, we have a fan favorite Foxy, who is a pirate aesthetic. Fox, who's got a hook hand and a eye patch. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. And then, of course, we have the titular character, the one, the only Freddy Fazbear, and he's just a brown bear wearing a bow tie and a tiny top hat. And, and then that, he also is a sings. play on Jim
2: Henson there? Fozbear, Fozzie the bear?
0: Ooh. It, well, it's Fazbear. I know, but... I don't know. That,
2: that, that, that has to be intentional.
0: I've watched scott coffin's interview and he never said anything like that but it's possible
2: it was subconscious though
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah there you have it that's the entire game and uh if an animatronic catches you it will kill you and you're jump scared with a close-up of its face with a very loud screaming sound. So Rob, this is your time to tell us not what the sto- not what you think the story okay. is yet but what are your impressions what were your impressions of playing the game for the first time I
2: did like the aesthetic I have to say but uh, I do also agree with Bree that the gameplay is wildly underwhelming and that when it comes to the lore that's like, maybe that's my hottest take if we want to get obsessed with the lore you're supposed to like get around squirrel around and get into the lore the game, The gameplay tells you not to, because, and and, you know, Savannah, you and I were talking about this before we started recording, the, the issue is that you're not meant to keep the cameras up. Now, that was wildly confusing to me, too, because you have this limited supply of power, and if you look at the cameras, which seems to be the point of the game, right, that's where all the visuals are, that's where the fun is. But it drains your power. So the game, then I then subsequently would wa- watched a couple of YouTube people like explain to me how I'm supposed to do this. And they're like, <laughs> you leave the cameras down. And I'm like, why would I want to do that? <laughs> the point is to look for the guys? Isn't that the fun is to look for the guys? But no, you're supposed to leave the cameras down. And it's only when the cameras are up that you get these Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. And the Easter eggs in and of themselves, like if we're talking about articles on the walls and stuff, you need to linger. Yeah. But you are not playing the game properly in that case. No. So I am annoyed about that because if you're in Legend of Zelda World or something, which I have my own complaints with, they're very heavy handed with the storytelling, in my opinion, not as heavy handed as some of these RPGs, but sometimes they lean like, I don't need to find the tears of the kingdom. (sighs) However... The point is to squirrel around and to discover lore. Or even like Dark Souls, where you're in this mm. open world and you can really like just... If you want to know more, you can go poke around and you're encouraged to do that. This game is telling you, don't poke around. You're breaking the game or you're not playing the game properly if you're squirreling around in the lore. And yet, that's what... Maybe the creator, I think in his defense... I, like, I'm playing game one. He had no idea. Like, he was just, like, screwing around, I bet. Yeah. Just, like, dropped these little things in because he had to do something just to make it a little fun and weird. Maybe you'll tell me if I'm wrong about that. Yeah. But then all these people went hog wild over these little things that he never intended to be the thrust of the game because the thrust of the game is keeping the cameras down and the doors open.
0: Well, I think that... Um The idea, too, is that because the game is so simple, there isn't high stakes to it. So, like, you could sit on night one all you want and look at every single detail in the camera. Because the animatronics won't come get you for at least a bit on night one because they're very not active. So you have time to look around and do stuff. And it's like one night is, like, what, five minutes, six minutes? So, like, you don't even...
2: But what are your odds of, because it requires a glitch in certain game conditions to get the Easter egg that Mm -hmm. provides the lore, what are the odds that you're going to get that in the first two hours of the first night?
0: But you can even, like, there's environmental storytelling, like, you can see, like, different parts of the pizzeria that kind of tell bits and stories, too, and stuff like that. But but I, I guess I'm just trying to play devil's advocate that because there isn't necessarily high stakes, like, you can very easily just start the game again, that... Maybe he's not like not encouraging you to find the lore. I think it's almost like when you're playing the game, it's meant to be a surprise because I don't think anybody went into this game being like, We're going to find lore. I think they were just like, Oh, it's a creepy, fun indie game that's fun to watch people play. And then people were like, Wait, what is that? And then they were like, Oh, there is stuff to find in this game. And that's when it started happening. I think it was meant to be more like a little oh you were paying attention to my game cool (laughs) then
2: when i play it on the switch i can simply turn on all the cheats and i can engage with the story however i please
4: i also (laughs) yeah for devil's advocate too i think it's kind of smart because it gets people to play the game more Mm -hmm. because like if you get all the lore all at once in one time that you play you're that's it like you get it it's done but because it's so hidden and hard to get it gets you to play the game again or more. You have to find it, like, a couple... Play the games a couple times. Uh,
3: As long as what Rob was saying, I think there
4: is a point that...
3: You say it's not high stakes, but I feel in these types of games, the stakes are even higher for me because I went through all of the stress and patience of sitting and doing <laughs> these stupid fucking controls all goddamn night. And as you keep going through the game, the first game, every single game, it gets harder every time to the point where like, you are barely breathing while you are playing this game. You're not even looking at the game. You're not watching the game. You are doing repetitive motions to achieve something. And if I make a single goddamn mistake because of some fucking lore that i I can't even see
0: because
3: I'm not going to get it right. (laughs) <laughs> and my game is dead, and right. I have to start the yeah. hardest night it's over again. It's night four,
2: again. and oh. something appears on the wall you hadn't seen before. You're right. stuck with the question, do I study that right. and get freddied in the face, or do I go back to right. playing the game the way I'm supposed to? Because, God, it's been a pain in the butt to get to night four. And
3: that's where the less Players come in with this yeah. game, is that you can sit and watch somebody else play it and get all these things. These completionists that will do that sort of thing with this game, where they get super, super good at the game, and they're able to find these things. But, like... It's such a hard type of game to get good at because it is such a exact mm-hmm. science of how you need to do things and when you need to do it things. It takes
0: a lot of practice. <laughs> I just
2: find it more rewarding in an open world scenario, too. I completely agree. Yeah, that's uh, if you're not kind of a completionist, I would rather be doing it where there's right. more stuff to, to yeah. see and do and find. No, yeah,
0: that's fair. And, and honestly, too, you might be happy by this. Uh, when the games continue, he kind of starts to give lore more directly where it's less random chance i think there's still some random chance oh, things but yeah. for the most part you see all the bits of lore it just might not make sense to you yeah if you don't have the full picture I'm it will not that. make sense to you if, if you have the full picture i but, mean there's um,
2: weirdnesses in the first episode that i like that you we'll talk about next episode but um yeah there's weirdnesses that make you want to know more yeah that suggests there's more going on there which is mm-hmm. rewarding in its way but I, also the old school gamer in me doesn't want to know like I don't like it's the ability to like the original Legend of Zelda like what the hell's the story there who knows like the story he's is the up first he's brought Legend panel. of
0: Zelda like 20 different because times it's today a, it's an appropriate comparison <laughs> if you want to
2: get into lore or Dark Souls like those yeah. are well, to Souls me right those are the ga- those are games that just like for some reason Frag Nights at Freddy's gameplay has nothing to do with these games if we're talking about complex lore and all this like those are the right there's right. no more yeah. so that original game, though, but all original Nintendo games, they give you the opening credits, and they tell you a story, and then they don't tell you anymore. The rest is up to you. Yeah. So I kind of would have rather been left, or would be, rather be left to imagine into it myself. It, it allows children more space to play, but I know this isn't for children. Well, it actually... Wow. <laughs> okay. Children...
0: Uh- children love this yeah. game all right hello yeah.
2: children welcome to strange Drive. <laughs> no. my name's dr Rob. well
0: honestly hello <laughs> to the parents who are like why does my kid like this five nights at freddy's thing so much oh, what yeah. does this uh, mean how old are we talking like the, i see kids coming into the mall and stuff like that like that are probably like at most six years old walking around with like freddy that's
2: a no oh
3: my god that no, game
0: is kind true. of
2: terrifying yeah. No. The aesthetic is really dark. And
3: also, like, any sort of context for the game is very not PG. No. Nope.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you guys get into the lore. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it will get much worse. But even the jamming of the head with the eyeballs yeah, no. and stuff. <laughs> that's like night one, right? When he yeah. says Well, I'll even see
0: kids that thing. are like little babies walking around with like poppy playtime. I like, think like, that's hunky, the parents. Putting that putting
3: that, out on. Out oh, that okay. is not the children. The
2: parents are trying to prove something think, about how cool they are. Yeah, they're like,
3: <laughs> my gamerness is going to be put onto my small child who doesn't know what the fuck this is. Yeah. I think a
4: lot of it is also media. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of kids are having phones now and iPads and all that like I've seen it at my work even because I work at a summer camp and these kids if if they're not playing the games they're watching the games. And their parents might not even know about it. It's true. Because it's so easy to just find it on the internet.
2: You can. Like I did. Now you can. Maybe that's not the way it originally was. But now, like I said, the cheat modes are designed to break the game so that you can just sit and watch it. Because you can have unlimited power, which allows you to just close the doors and wait to listen to all the messages right. and click well, actually, through the cameras. You
0: should have just looked it up on YouTube at that point.
2: Well, <laughs> well but I paid like seven bucks like... <laughs> or something, so I'm going to just use it on my right. Switch. Right.
0: <laughs> well, I think uh, this is a good time. Like, We'll get more into like ha- what actually happens in the games and stuff like that, but I'd also like to talk about uh, the guy who created the games. So... The, the man who is behind the Five Nights at Freddy's series is named Scott Cawthon, and he was born in Bell County, Texas, and from a very young age, he knew that he wanted to be a game developer. And while working retail jobs, he'd spend his free time developing games. Now, this is not something that I knew beforehand, uh, before researching this, but he is very religious and was developing Christian adventure games such as um, Pilgrim's Progress, a JRPG-like game, and then A Desolate Hope, which was apparently a really big allegory to for being pro-life. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. which I'd like to take the opportunity uh, to say, here at Strange Ride, at least I can say I am 100% uh, pro-choice. So, like, uh, that kind of sucked to hear, but yeah. But
2: welcome, all you pro-lifers who are big fans of Five Nights at <laughs> Freddy's. We're so glad to have you. <laughs> sure (laughs) everyone's welcome at the big table
0: (laughs) i also find it a little funny that somebody who is super religious ends up making such a dark game series Mm. that talks about like death possession hauntings like all this other crazy stuff and a lot of children murders so he has um another really
3: not known game because it's not in his name he did it under like a um Pseudonym? Yes, thank you. A pseudonym.
2: <laughs> See, um, I have a function here.
3: And it's actually related to a true crime case. Um about oh. the death of a little girl. Oh, yeah. Petscop. Yeah. It's a beautiful memorial to the injustice that was done to that small child, to be honest. Like mm. um, she got no justice in her situation. But yeah, it's it's like a weird I don't know. I don't know.
2: But yeah, he and does. And these do were a lot all of, pre Five Nights at Freddy's Yeah, this yeah. is like
3: a he did this one really early on, I think, in his like making games thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, he honestly seems like a really cool dude. I mean, we'll get into it, but... Mm -hmm. Do you think
2: the pro-life thing will ultimately inform Five Nights at Freddy's with all the child theming that goes on?
0: It's possible. I've never looked at it it, with that lens before. Well, I look forward to Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it will be interesting to see if it does inform anything now that I'm looking at the series with that lens. I guess this is sort of a spoiler alert, but I I didn't talk about it in this episode, but uh, Scott Cawthon, like, actually... Sort of was outed as like donating to like mm-hmm. all these super pro life and like anti gay Republicans and stuff like that, and he actually like the fans got really upset and he stepped down from making Five Nights at Freddy's games or at games in general. He retired mm-hmm. because of this. Like I think he would still be involved, and he still sort of is involved at least like with helping the story and stuff like that in the games. I think, but um he he was totally involved in the newest game until that came out and he had got a lot of backlash and he backed out of he retired
2: mm-hmm. was this, this was like a lightning strike for this guy like his, his uh, uh, the way you've just described it I imagine he's just like a regular dude who's doing yeah. this for fun yeah. like we podcast for fun and like one day we wake up and like 10 million people listen to the podcast pretty much but we had never intended for that to happen
0: no I mean like he wanted to be a successful like game developer but he never t- intended it to become this like super mega series that like everybody knows about or yeah i'm sure a he's not sad
2: know. that it happened but no, he no, just no. was right. he could he would have just gone on making games that he thought this game well, was the same as well, the well
0: actually so like with these uh these Christian games were not financially successful and so he tried his hand at making a game for the whole family and that would end up being called Chipper and Sons Lumber Co which got terrible reviews and I'll be honest I have no idea what the game was about how it plays and what anything about it is like because I just couldn't really find a lot on it and I also was like this isn't that important for the Five Nights at Freddy's series. Uh, The only thing that you really need to know is part of the bad reviews were saying that this game is unintentionally horrifying because the Characters looked like scary animatronics, and thank you, critics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he sort of like apparently, and I do want to say too that uh, this is this game series is only nine years old. Not many people necessarily care to write books and articles about. Scott Cawthon. So, most of my information is coming from Wikipedia and an interview that he did with a FNAF YouTuber. So, I.
2: Well, I'm, this becomes pop culture, right? I mean, yeah. we well, have done a couple episodes that are a little bit more culturally, I don't know, high culture, but this would be video games. That's where you do your research. Yeah. There's no place else to go, really.
0: No, I just, but yeah. I just wanted to point out that, like, take some of this with a grain of salt, I yeah. guess, is what I'm trying to say. But, yes, yeah, so he said that he was having, like, a. Crisis of faith, and he was like, "I'm going to try and make one more game, but if it doesn't work, then I'm going to just stop making games." And yeah, so he was like, "Oh, you know what? I will go with the animatronic idea, and and Five Nights at Freddy's was born." From the sound of it, he's actually like a very humble person, and he doesn't really like to do interviews. And the only reason that he ended up doing an interview with that one YouTuber who is named Dawko, D A W K O, um, that's the name of his YouTube channel. Uh, He beat the most difficult challenge that there is in the entire five nights at freddy's like games and to the point where like scott coffin didn't even think it was possible to be beat and Docco was like hey if i beat this will you do an interview with me and he was like yeah sure because you're never going to be able to beat it and he beat it Mm. and so he did like an hour and a half long interview with him and it was kind of interesting learning the insight some of the insight behind it but he's also very I don't know if cagey is the right word, but he doesn't want to give too many answers because he, he does want the the audience to kind of figure it out for themselves. Like he never says yes or no to certain things unless it's something really bad because right. there was a, a theory that popped up around the uh, FNAF 5 where people were making theories that the animatronics were going to be sex robots and he was <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. called a... Uh, It was called Adult Theory, and he was like, no, 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 no. 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 That is not correct at all. (laughs) So,
3: Yeah, no, he's definitely, he doesn't like to answer questions like that, because he, as a game creator, has very much been like, to the fans and everything, do what you will with what I have given you. Yes, he's very open to fans doing their fan games. There are some some of the best fan games out there are FNAf fan games. Ooh, yeah. They are phenomenal. Mm. People will make games for this, and he's like all for all of that. Um, and he does seem like a pretty chill dude. Like, and he even came out and said, like, about, like, the, the donation stuff, he was like, it's not because they're homophobic people, like, there's other reasons that I did this for these people, because he just might, he has more conservative views about other stuff.
2: So and he wasn't like, oh, let me give you the anti-gay guys, where I are they think at? It, I think Those it was more like taxes
3: and, like, um, like war stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he just loves taxes and war stuff. It was
3: like, it was like... Uh, that sort of thing yeah, on the conservative yeah. spectrum, more so than he was. He had because he, he, I think, he literally kind of had to be like, "I love all of my fans, no matter who you are." Like he, he made that very clear. He after became he stepped one down. of these
2: Disney-sized products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, accidentally. Yeah, yeah,
3: and
0: yeah,
2: can't have those politics then. Nope.
0: Uh, and he does truly seem to care about his fans, um and we'll I'll get into it in just a little bit. But uh, during, it it was fun listening to him do the interview with Docco because he's very, he seems like so shy when he's talking. It's kind of funny. And he's got a lot of like, ums, uh, and it's like, and I'm not making fun of him. It was just like, he just seems like, he seems like he really didn't want to do it, but he was also very friendly and like having a good time talking to him. But he was also like, I don't like talking in front of people. Well, yeah,
2: he's not like a theater person or something. His his job involves sitting alone in a dark room, (laughs) coding things and staring at, creepy dolls
0: so out <laughs> yeah so he kept saying throughout the entire interview that he had just caught lightning in a bottle and that's exactly what this was and i and now i'm gonna get into why i believe that like the fnaf game and series blew up and it it's part of me that like you know it was a unique game at the time there wasn't ever really a game that was like exactly like it and it had a really neat aesthetic but on top of that it was just like the best time ever to release this game because 2014 I think like let's players which if you don't know what a let's player is um that's like a YouTube term where people are like hey let's play this and you watch them play um whatever game like let's play Five Nights at Freddy's and so they would always start their video titles with that. So they got the name Let's Players. And that just basically means people who play through video games and you can watch them play through video games. And that was, yeah, in 2014, I'm pretty sure around that time, YouTube and people playing video games was like some of the only media I was consuming. <laughs> oh,
1: I no. can
2: attest to that. Yeah, me Yeah, no. It's yeah. around it the time cool. I met you, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I watch movies and shit. Like I like TV. Like I mean, I don't like TV. I de- you appeared
2: in musicals. Yeah, I'm not
0: saying I don't like any other media than guys playing video games. But it's like it was just it's a fun, mind numbing thing to put on in the background. And then also sometimes the video games are really cool and like I i couldn't always afford to play the video games um, or had the system to play the video games so it's fun to watch these people and then on top of that youtube was this new phenomenon where you're getting attached to these people like you're like oh i like watching this one specific person play this game so you almost felt like i want to see what they're doing just because i like that person not just because you're like oh, i just want to watch a video game
2: PewDiePie is king Mm-hmm. At the time. Yeah, yeah, at the time. Oh,
0: I'm going to say now. No, no well, I mean, no. No. no, no, no. I've never <laughs>
2: actually seen a video. But he was but at the time. At the, yeah. I know he was the like, yeah. billion watcher guy.
0: Yes. Not saying that Five Nights at Freddy's is a bad game, but Rob and Bree had a lot of really good points. It's not the best game ever made, but <laughs> the Let's Players... It's not trying to
2: be. I, no, I, it's, it's not, not trying, trying to be. To be. Yeah, it's and far I, too simple, and it knows it, and that's fine. Yeah, but and it, does, it makes it does fun fine. of itself.
0: Like, the phone yeah. guy has some funny dialogue and stuff like that. Yeah. Like The first FNAF game, like I said, was released August 8th, and while... He wasn't the first person to play this game. The YouTuber Markiplier posted his first episode of FNAF on August 12th and honestly because of him playing it everything would change for the series he was a very popular youtuber and honestly i wrote in my notes i'm like i'm so happy i get to talk about markiplier like, yeah, <laughs> he's no. like, one of my favorite <laughs> YouTubers." <laughs> no i know no. but it's like why do i talk about him like oh because he actually helped build this like right. fan base like he's for this actually, game yeah he's for this done game. it for like a long uh, his first
3: ever set of videos was amnesia the dark descent and he oh, yeah. like skyrocketed people wanting to watch and play those games yeah, myself so, included
0: yeah and it was fun to watch people play with like huge reactions to the jump scares and blah 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 it was funny back then so what, <laughs> i
2: mean would you say these like a person like this i don't know this guy either but um are they like they're sort of like critics in a way that they elevate the products that they like that they think are worthy of attention. Yeah. Yeah. He's editing the market because there's like a thousand indie games Mm -hmm. maybe coming out in 2014. And this guy says, well, these three games are worthy of your second look or my first look.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the first episode of FNAF that he posted. Oh, and when I say FNAF, Five Nights at Freddy's, (laughs) F-N-A-F. It's so I don't have to say those words over and over and over again. The, uh, The fandom calls it FNAF,
2: FNAF. There you go
0: uh so be
2: like the cool kids
0: yeah (laughs) and then on top of that too like the game came out august 8th and markiplier who had about three million subscribers at the time he posted it on august 12th so he was like on it he was one of the first people to post this game and after he played it everybody played it because it's not cool
2: afterwards i mean no i'm talking about a critic like you know your your critic but for the theater you go to the preview and if you're the one to know that the show is great, even when the other critics are saying it's not, that shows your genius. So, I mean, that's why I'm making the comparison. That In theory, you. what they're doing is picking out the products that you should give your attention to or the movies or the TV. You shouldn't watch this show. You should watch this show. Yeah. Why invest 12 hours of your time, however long it takes to beat this game, <laughs> for
1: mm. real.
0: <laughs> I don't think it should take you 12 hours, but... <laughs> uh, it's going to take you a <laughs> little depends while. Depends on which game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that episode came out um, nine years ago, basically, and it has 112 million views on it. Hmm. Like, it, it's... Insane. I know I've watched it a couple times. Oh, I've rewatched <laughs> all of his FNAF. Yes, oh, for sure. Yeah. What,
2: is it just a straight playthrough?
0: Yeah, it's just a straight playthrough. And he, he's still very, like, over-the-top dramatic, but back then he really <laughs> played into the Let's mm-hmm. Player, like, scream, throw your controller thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And um, so his reactions were funny. But then I think what was special about Markiplier's playthrough is that he genuinely really liked the game and was determined to be good at it and so at the end of pretty much every five nights at freddy's game you you play through your five nights and that's like the game and then you get an extra six night which is supposed to be like extra hard mode and then you get a custom night which is like you can make the animatronics as active as you want and the highest activity that you can set the animatronics to is 20 and so they wanted to do 20 20 20 mode which was basically like they turn all the animatronics to 20 and see if you can beat it and scott coffin didn't think it was possible but mark Blyer did it <laughs> he's done
3: that with a few things he's so. just that guy
0: yeah what he makes is. them
2: more difficult
0: they just are way more active. Oh, they like they come more. to you way faster, and basically everything that you have to do is just super fast. Like what Brie was saying is like you have to do everything perfectly or they're going to get you.
2: Because you run out of the power. If yeah, you,
0: you run mm-hmm. out of power. So they keep
2: approaching the room and you have to keep oh, yeah. turning the lights on mm-hmm. and your power's running down.
3: Like, you if do... you if you watch any of his like seven night ones, it's literally him silent, at some point staring at the screen, just going. Because and he... that's all you can do. <laughs> well, and he'll do oh, he... voiceovers right. to explain what he's right. thinking. And
0: stuff like that. He'll do
3: like cut-ins,
0: but uh, yeah. So after Mark beat 2020 mode, yeah. I think uh, he dubbed himself the king of Five Nights at Freddy's, oh, and yes. uh, nobody has taken his crown since. <laughs> so he says. What about that
2: guy that beat the Doggo? whatever the un- unbeatable? Yeah, thing. I
0: don't know why, but Mark was like, "No, it's still my crown." <laughs> yeah, I, that's fair. Oh,
2: you got
1: to. That's, that's the guy he that was the made you. The first one to beat the first game on twenty modes. He was the original G.
0: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. And I do want to point out, too, it, um, Mark's channel blew up from that as well. Like, uh, he was already blowing up anyway. But um, it was funny. I watched, like, a sub- subscribe subscriber count thing that, like, just shows you every month how many subscribers grows. And when August came in the year that FNAF came out, it was like the bar was just moving steadily. And then it went. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, he has, as of now, like, 35 million subscribers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I personally did not uh see he was not the first person that I watched Play FNAF. I used to follow this guy or Uh, this YouTuber called Chilled Chaos who was like part of the Machinima boys and stuff like that which is like old school YouTube Mm -hmm. stuff but I watched him play it and then I guess after watching him play through the series YouTube was like hey you want to watch more Five Nights at Freddy's and I was like oh my god that guy Markiplier is playing the game that Chilled was playing and so I watched him and then I was like oh my god he's the king of Five Nights at Freddy's (laughs) (laughs) so do you guys YouTube do you remember like how you found Five Nights at Freddy's
3: so for me i was already watching so i watched mark's channel from when he started youtube which is delightfully cringy but um so i was already watching him so as soon as fnaf came up on his page i watched it mm. and that's how i got into it i didn't see anything else from it and i watched it and i was like okay this is cool and i watched him do it and then you know i, st- I ignored fnaf until like the next four games i think came out and really? then i like, watched him play it because like i wasn't like i was like okay this is cool Mm-hmm. I liked other things that he was doing more because I, I, I like Fnaf more now. But then I was kind of like, this seems tedious. It still, <laughs> still seems tedious. But I was like, give me some amnesia, thank you. Like yeah, I was yeah. very much more into the the open world horror aspect of things. Still am, but yeah, yeah. Do you
4: remember? Yeah, I do actually. And mine was different. I didn't. My first, I saw some things like some pictures and images. From five nights at freddy's but the first time i really like heard about it was from my friend i was at her her house and i think we had a sleepover or whatever and she's like you have to play this game (laughs) i was like no i do not want to play this game because it looks terrifying and i've heard it's terrifying but i did try and i think i failed but uh that was the start i like brie did not get into it until later and now i like it more Then,
0: then. i remember i thought the game was horrifying when i was when i well i wasn't a kid well i guess i kind of was a kid i was a senior (laughs) in high school and i remember sitting there with like like a pillow or something like holy god god it's so scary (laughs) (laughs) well until the later nights when like when the youtuber themselves are are getting used to the jump scares and stuff like that but the first couple nights i remember being like when i
3: watched somebody be scared loud sounds make me jump not what's happening on the screen so like that startles me Mm -hmm. so like all of the screaming from the animatronics and markiplier yelling i think that's also part of why i was like this is a lot yeah it's like let me stop for a second and then you know years later i'd watched the rest and I played a bunch of them too because I was like, I don't want to play this right now. I was no. like, this is too but much. For
2: most of what you're doing is sitting there quietly, tensely listening right. to very tiny sounds. Right. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it. And looking at nothing. Yeah,
3: yeah. I learned that's that when weird. I went to play it. I was like, okay, okay, here we
2: are. It's like an ASMR thing. Sort <laughs> yeah. of. A little bit.
0: <laughs> so the Let's Players did, oh, what? Well, not just Markiplier. Like after Mark, um, everybody was playing it because everybody was getting like a million views on it and everybody wanted to just see everybody's reactions to the game and like how they react to the jump scares and stuff and um, so the Let's players did a lot of heavy lifting for the game but another factor that kept people invested in the game was the fact that it was made by only one person and Scott Coffin loved interacting with his fans he'd post in the subreddit like the steam post underneath the game and he'd actually read and listen to what the fans were saying which is something something that seems to be lacking in a lot of entertainment these days. Like, he would see a criticism and not be like, how dare you criticize my game? He'd be like, that's a good idea, or, like, thank you for your criticism. And he would use that to inform the next game.
2: It was sort of like the heyday of fan culture, too, in a way. The the 2010s, you know, like, Teen Wolf jumps to mind. But, like, (laughs) these very active fan reddits and stuff where people were having theories and shipping characters and i don't know if we i don't know if it's quite that way anymore do you guys think we still have
0: it depends
2: it's there's so much toxicity maybe yeah yeah you know reddit like there always has been but that seems to now be like the 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 headline as opposed to all these quirky little fan cultures right i think
0: that these fan cultures when they get too big is when they start to become very toxic. When they're smaller, it's okay. Yeah. Like I'm in a couple. Going to out myself out here as like super nerd, but like I'm in a couple of like Star Wars. This podcast out. No, as I guess.
2: I guess. <laughs> That's the premise of the
0: show. So I, I'll I'll be talking about this next month. But um, the stupid expensive Star Wars hotel. Yeah, that shit was amazing. I loved every second of it. <laughs> I went to it. I'm in some groups about it that were like helping plan tips for it but um i haven't left those groups because everybody in the groups is so nice and everybody is just so supportive of mm. one another and it's like it's just nice to have this like little community that is all like yeah we love this super crazy expensive weird experience that we all had together so it's got like and it's a tiny group it's not a big group so yeah.
2: like the discord for oc it's a uh... A unique little fan group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can be a very positive thing if people don't get into outside issues that, right. you know, lead yeah. to conflict. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, and that was sort of the relationship that he uh, Scott Cawthon was fostering with his community to the point that the community feels comfortable comfortable enough to call him Scott, which is what I call him. So I will be calling him Scott from now on. Uh, screw co- <laughs> scholarly whatever
2: journalistic <laughs> oh. <laughs> standards yeah, that's yeah it. our scholarly well, standards
1: basis.
0: we are yeah. uh, uh, he, scott is on a first name basis with every f- fan of fnaf uh, i mean and that's another thing that's so interesting about this game series is that like how many games do you play where you're like damn it scott you put this in the game like mm. this is like one of the only games where you see like every single youtuber being like scott you did this or scott you did that yeah. and stuff like that and then scott colton is reaching out to specific YouTubers being like, Hey, do you wanna play this early so like you can get like YouTube videos or videos on it and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And he just like it just seems like he just really genuinely cared about the community and then was also just so blown away by all the support that he had, especially since every other game that he made basically flopped. So it, it it's was a just...
2: unique opportunity. I mean the very popular games tend to be made by hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah. Right there's no i mean there's no single person even if there is Mm -hmm. like a great creator the end of the game is still hundreds and hundreds of people Mm -hmm. or dozens if it's an nes game
0: yeah and this is a really rare thing yeah
2: yeah and the fact that he engaged i mean that's great at I mean, why not? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I said, would if I were him. I would have could
3: have said hands off. Yeah. He could have. just blow up. Yeah. But he was like, no, I'm going to be interactive. I'm going to communicate to the fans. I'm going to take the criticisms. I'm going to congratulate people when they do something that I didn't think was possible because it's happened a few yes. times. Mark did one thing in sister locations before they changed the <gasps> game to make it possible. He oh, be part of it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm it's you would hate this section rob oh it's yeah. the worst part
0: of it's, every game it's actually Diana. the reason that i haven't played sister location because i really enjoy watching Markiplier it's, play that one yeah but every time he gets to that night i'm like oh yeah it's I don't the want reason to play i quit
3: game. playing that game <laughs> i started and i said no and i had it before they you know i i guess before they fixed it but i was like i'm still not gonna do it after they fix it because it's such a difficult section of
2: the game yeah. so you're saying they watched him beat it but they saw how hard it was for him to accomplish no, that
3: so Scott literally was like a bunch of people complained about this part of the game because nobody could beat it and Mark beat it but after Scott had been like I guess afterwards Scott was basically like yeah this was actually impossible so we had to fix it to make it possible and Mark had beaten it and he was like also congrats Mark for beating it because nobody we didn't think this was possible and Mark was like I
0: am still the king (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so another thing that I also believe really helped spread the game was the availability of it uh, and, and accessibility of it other than like the strobing lights like you Like you can't strobing lights and loud noises. Like some people cannot play this game, but um, it was super easy to access. It was only like five bucks on Steam, and also like any PC could play it. Like any laptop could play this game, unless your laptop is like stupid old. It does not take a lot to run it. And then on top of that, they also made like iPhone apps and Android apps. Like you could literally play all. First seven Five Nights at Freddy's game on your phone if you wanted to. Like, it's just so Is it any easy. good that way? I don't know. I've never played it that I'd way. Oh, yeah. it's
1: so it tiny. Quality a little bit, but that's because yeah. you know, mobile. But I mean. Yeah, it's so yeah. tiny. Yeah, I
4: think I tried it. It wasn't the best, but uh, it definitely made it more accessible to people.
1: I will say this I have a virtual reality headset. When they released that VR Freddy, like, you know, Nights Help Wanted, that elevated. The experience. Oh yeah, it totally elevated the experience.
0: It did. They did make a full blown like VR game where you go through like basically every game of Five Nights at Freddy's and you experience it in first person like that, where you're able to like look around and move oh. and stuff.
2: Oh how how it novel! Is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Can it you did turn really off the fan? More scary, I'll <laughs> tell you that. Can, um, you, can you reach out, Grant, and turn off that fan?
1: Uh, well, nope. not the fan, but you can, you can touch That's the buttons. That's all
2: I wanted to do.
1: Uh,
4: no, I don't know. That's... Turn off that fan. I actually damn wonder fan. if you can touch
1: the nose of Freddy on the poster, because I know in the game, if you click on the button, there's a little honk sound. But uh, I haven't I haven't tried that.
0: You can hold Mr. Cupcake if you want to. Oh,
1: <gasps> yeah! All
3: right.
0: But, uh, so, and now the final bit that I believe elevated this game series to the mega hit that it is uh and my favorite part is the lore so I enjoyed watching people play it but I did kind of you know like I've watched people play it it's the same game every time however <laughs> we introduced that the one of the biggest players in all of Five Nights at Freddy's is uh the Game Theory channel with Matt Pat. and I'm not saying that Matt Pat is solely responsible for like solving FNAF and theories like that like he's definitely wrong a lot of the times however his channel was the biggest one talking about this and honestly I didn't know that FNAF even had a story until I watched his video mm-hmm. and I was like mm-hmm. whoa that is crazy and then I was instantly sucked back in and I remember going back and re-watching Markiplier's videos and being like I want to see if any of this stuff happens and stuff like that when I say MatPat he's like the face of the Game Theory channel he Basically, his entire channel is built off of over-analyzing everything in video games and making a story out of it. And it's really interesting. Like, Rob, you said that you've actually seen a couple of his videos, right? I like
2: the weird questions, like, if Mario were real, how high would he be jumping? Like, he does that kind of, like, application of real-world physics to video game universes. So, yeah, I think he's entertaining.
0: Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, And... It's also neat that, like, Scott Cawthon made such a simple game, but at the same time, he hid little things in it. And like we were mentioning before, how he hid the lore in this game was that when you were flipping through your cameras to see where the animatronics are, sometimes posters on the walls would change and it would show you newspaper clippings. And the newspaper clippings would tell you about... How somebody wore a mascot suit and lured children into the back of the pizzeria and killed them. And they were caught, but they couldn't find the bodies and they couldn't prove that it was him in the mass. So he was able to get away um, and nobody... Like I said, nobody could find the bodies. However, people started reporting that the animatronics smelled like death and there was blood and guts, blah, blah, blah. So throughout playing, not throughout playing the game, throughout, if you're lucky <laughs> enough to see these newspaper clippings, you realize that the animatronics aren't trying to kill you because they think you're a animatronic without its, like, shell. They're trying to kill you because they're possessed by the souls of dead children that were stuffed into these animatronics after being murdered. I think instantly makes the story way more interesting. Mm-hmm. But...
2: But it's really unlikely that you would come across that as you <laughs> playing
4: the game. Yeah, <laughs> but
0: they did. <laughs>
2: I mean, so given—I mean, I think what I would say is that given that you have the opportunity of those five phone calls with the the other manager, the the, the other guard.
0: Uh, do you want to know his name?
2: I yeah. Go ahead. Phone guy. Phone guy, yes. I swear to God, <laughs> that, yes. is, his
0: that is his name.
2: Uh, is phone Q phone guy. guy. So phone, well, given that you hear from him and that he does say some odd things and he alludes to like the heads or something weird about the heads and all this, that is an opportunity to, even if you don't want to like straight up reveal in all these details, at least hint that there was something. Yeah. But the, I, we don't get anywhere near that.
0: Except with all these other games that add context to it, it does actually help give us, like, hints and clues to certain things and, like, the the timeline and stuff like that. However, uh, Scott Cawthon did come out and say that in his interview with Docco that, like, he's like, everybody thinks that I have the whole story planned from episode one or game one. I did not. I put in these interesting little bits that I thought were kind of cool and like I left it open-ended in case I wanted to make another one but I was not planning on making another one. Yeah, that one.
2: makes sense to me. And mm-hmm. That wasn't the focus.
0: No, it was not the focus. Yeah, it was
2: a sideline. Yeah,
0: it was something that he just thought was cool. And yeah. he said that uh, his family, when he let them play test it, they were like, take that out. Like, you don't need it. And he was like, no, I don't think it's cool. It's just hidden <laughs> in there anyway. <laughs>
1: Good call, Scott. Good call. <laughs>
0: yeah... Yeah, I I honestly didn't get
4: into the games until I figured out, like, learned that there was a lore to it, because then I was like, ooh, this, now this is interesting to me, because then I, it was a story, and I wanted to know about the story.
0: Yeah, and so once people saw that there was hidden lore, people were replaying the games over and over again to find every little aspect that they could find to figure out what the story was, and lucky for the fandom, they wouldn't have to wait very long, so that game came out august 2014 the next game the sequel would come out november 11th 2014 like two three months after the first game came out and not only was it like that fast it was also a good sequel like it Mm -hmm. it took everything from the first game and then expanded upon it and made it i think more interesting and and better but it also made it way more tedious and complicated but that's how you make it more difficult
2: <laughs> so what are the differences so <laughs> are you still a guy who can operate doors and lights and that's it no oh, oh.
0: <laughs> yes yeah, so huge revelation in fnaf 1 you have doors that can protect you from the animatronics in fnaf 2 there are no doors
1: you got a light yes and you got a mask but yes. they don't like
2: the light
0: so it, it's a really interesting thing so you had your four yeah four animatronics foxy bonnie chica freddie now you see them in this one and they're not the same animatronics they're called toy animatronics and they look look cutesier and stuff and you're told that uh by the phone guy again which is interesting because remember died, yeah. he died <laughs> oh he died so how is he talking to cool. us you got it. Yeah, You're so
2: smart. Old, but that's the only solution <laughs> yeah. to a dead guy, unless he's animatronic. So yeah.
0: you... <laughs>
1: so really, FNAF 2 is actually FNAF prequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: And you are told by the phone guy, which we... <laughs> literally. So that's... A... I just want a side change in here. Uh, in FNAF, we don't get a lot of people's names. So a lot of the characters have names that were given to them by the fandom, and that is the phone guy so like he every when you say the phone guy everyone in the fandom's like yeah phone guy
2: <laughs> yeah yeah because so, the game just never bothered
0: yeah, the yeah. game never bothered and so the phone guy tells you that the toy animatronics are special because they are like made to be security robots and that they're meant to like tap into like a criminal database so if they see a criminal they're gonna like escort them out or whatever kind of thing to help prevent more children from dying
2: <laughs> being but, murdered but you didn't know that children had died theoretically
0: but hmm. they know that people die that but in this see that's we're getting into the lore now so right. like that's but next yes. time Rob. i guess but, but i mean time. the player
2: theoretically a player if they haven't gone down these youtube rabbit holes having played the first game wouldn't actually know that any children had died all you would know is that your guy nearly died and that the phone guy died yeah Right? Like, if, if I pick up game two right now, having not talked to you...
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would
2: have no concept that children have died.
0: Yeah. But that will change in okay. this game. <laughs> I mean, on that first night... But does not assume that you no, know no, no. That no. Children, on that first okay. night, you could easily assume that, like, oh, like, yeah, sure. Like, you have Same animatronics deal. that could protect yeah. the children who play at your place. Like, yeah, totally. Um, And then they tell you that, like, it, they wander around at night and that they think that you're like, uh, I don't remember what he says. I think he says you're an endoskeleton, not in your suit again. So basically the same thing. So instead of having doors now, so when the toy animatronics show up, you have to put on a mask that makes you look like an animatronic. But then on top of that, they added in uh, even more animatronics where it's like all these weird ones, and then, but the most, and I'm not going to get into all of them, but the most important one is called the puppet, which is like this really long skinny like black spindly thing like it's creepy looking and Frank it's and got a, in it. yeah. yeah and it's got a mask on it and it, it was genuinely like what is this thing that puppet is a very very important animatronic and you learn that through the mini games that you see so in this one there are mini games so after you beat each night you are shown an 8 bit style mini game where you play as some of the animatronics, and you see the events of the missing children's incident. So, you see a man who is depicted all in purple. <laughs> you see a man depicted all in purple killing a child, and everybody was like, Oh my god, this is it. So, I finally get to introduce you, Rob, to the main villain of our series, Purple Guy. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Barney? No.
0: Nope. Nope. Purple guy. Purple guy. Or the purple guy. The purple guy. The you know? purple guy. <laughs> no. Nope. Right. Maybe
1: this version's Grimace, but...
2: Uh. Purple is generally a child-friendly color, I guess is what I'm not trying to point out. No, no not, not in this enough. series.
0: Purple nope. is very much associated with the evil. is there an yes.
2: arcade is that why you get to play 8-bit games because that was what sort of threw me about the when i was there because uh what's his name nolan bushnell the atari guy created Chuck E. cheese oh because his concept was that you'd have pizza and play games but in this world where you're at Chuck E. Cheese, there are no games.
0: No, there are, There are like, arcade games and stuff. In
2: the mm-hmm. in the first one?
0: Yeah. Where I mean, I, I don't know if you get to see <laughs> but them, but, like, like but yeah. But is that, then, uh, the implied. concept is
2: that you're playing the arcade games that are in the Chuck E. Cheese? Mm, the Freddy not bear? really. No. I think it's just, no.
0: like, a stylized approach to yeah. showing you things Sorry, that have happened. Out some
2: missed opportunities here. Well,
1: <laughs> just the main well, attraction. That,
0: yeah. They're, like. Well, no, the arcade games are there. It's just that, like you as the player, are not playing them, be- or at least, oh god, you I'm sorry, I was just thinking about is not playing the worse. games. It's
4: more like, I don't know.
3: It's an opportunity to show lore in a more direct way than mm-hmm. he did previously. I but think you're no longer you're like
2: thinking outside of yourself as character, yeah, in yeah. game. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. all right,
0: and um. It, it does give it in a direct way while also still introducing a million questions.
2: <laughs> so you see Purple yeah. Guy, anyway, you see Purple Guy kill a child, an 8-bit yeah. child.
0: You see him kill one child, and then the next night you see him kill five children, and then the next night you play as the puppet, and you see the puppet, and it says, Give Gifts, Give Life. And you are flying around as the puppet, and you see dead bodies in the corner, and you go over to them and... And you see the animatronic head get put on top of the dead child, and so you assume that this puppet is also possessed and is able to help these souls not like move or be come or (laughs) to possess the animatronics. Okay. So it adds lore to that. But then everybody's like, "Why is this puppet so special?" Oh, and another thing about the puppet is that um, it, it will. Attack you in the game, but only if you forget to wind its music box. You so you have to constantly go back and remember to wind its music box.
2: That's the Foxy equivalent. Yeah. That you mm. have to keep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But Foxy's in the game too. Yeah. Oh, so. right. <laughs> yeah. So
2: you have to keep an eye on Foxy and wind the no, music box. The and puppet.
0: There's also
1: a Mangle, which is basically like a female Foxy, but it's just like been torn to shreds by children because we all know how children can be.
3: Uh. Um, but. The puppet was actually, I think, the only animatronic that, like, ever has really genuinely scared me. It just makes... It's that doll shit. I just mm. don't... The marionette. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's pretty creepy
4: looking. Because yeah, it's got long, uh, black and white striped arms. It, it's... That, like, no yeah. no hands, right? It doesn't have hands. I'm
1: pretty
3: sure it has. it does just it does it it's got, hands? like, little fingers. Yeah, it just oh. continually gets, like... Mm. Grosser, though.
0: Yeah.
2: It's like yeah. an R.L. Stein trope, the marionette mm. as Go monster. Go look it up.
1: <laughs> and it has such a creepy face.
0: Goosebumps. Yes. And it's, um. so I'm just trying to give a very basic idea of what each game in the first half of this series was like. So that's the basic idea of what Five Nights at Freddy's 2 was. It, you found out it was a prequel. Oh, and the f- stories that the phone guy tells you are actually really interesting, at least when you get towards the end of the week, because he he's like oh what are you doing there like you're not supposed to be there the building's on lockdown like somebody broke in and used the suits to kill some children and stuff like that so he's also telling you direct lore as well as you seeing these mini games of the purple guy killing people or killing children that gave the fandom a lot to chew on and also it came out like literally two to three months (laughs) like barely three months after the first game came out so scott hopped saw this wave and like hopped into it and by the time that people were done talking about five nights at freddy's one he'd already released the next game and everybody was like whoa like the next game is out already
2: that was smart
0: yeah it was and i it's part of the reason why it's such a popular fan series
2: he probably Uh, was up all night doing that thing
0: probably yeah to
2: get it done in that amount of time i know
1: he was probably like just very grateful for getting that Uh, lightning in a bottle yeah, and just like went with it he's like oh this is the break I've been waiting for Yeah. yeah
0: and so the next game would only come four months after on March 2nd 2015 and instead of featuring a whole new cast of animatronics like the last game this time it only introduced one and personally i think he's the scariest out of all the animatronics so it's the standard formula again this time except you're a security guard for a haunted house attraction named fazbear frights which is based off of the horrible events that happened at the fazbear locations and basically
2: bad taste
0: yeah (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah the dude sounds like a jerk who like the a new it's a new phone guy I think is his name, our other phone guy.
2: Because now he's dead.
0: Yeah, now he's dead. But this one sounds like a bro. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, yo, dude, like, I just found this thing, yo. Like, (laughs) he literally (laughs) talks like that. Oh, and I do want to say that um, Scott Cawthon is the one who voices the phone guy. Every
2: time? Even the new phone guy? Yeah, even the new phone guy. Also, wasn't (laughs) it
1: for the longest time that no one knew what Scott Cawthon even, like, looked like? Wasn't that part of his whole
0: allure, too? I think so. He had, um an avatar of him yeah. as like a blocky guy like uh, a white yeah. he was fully white and blocky he kind of looked like minecraft pixelated guy he, yeah he kind of looked like a minecraft character mm. sort of uh, yeah so they found like relics from the old pizzeria and like put it all in so it's a haunted house attraction what that happened people... to the old one it shut down oh okay mm. after all the children died in it right that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> first game you get a newspaper clipping at the very end of the game when you beat it saying that the restaurant is going to shut down because people are just like children died here that's weird so the first night there's no animatronic in the building so there's literally no way to die you're just getting a hang of the controls which it throws you in blind again this is arguably one of the hardest five nights at Freddy's games because it like doesn't tell you how to do anything basically ever hardly yeah Yeah. it's my least favorite
3: one to play because um this is the only game that scares me
0: yeah it is so cool (laughs) so the next night phone guy new phone guy comes on and is like oh my god dude we found a real animatronic we found like this weird wall and we broke it down and we found this like really gnarly looking one behind the wall and we put it in the building so you should be able to see it on the cameras so this animatronic is called springtrap oh and another thing that new phone guy says is oh we also found these super old records uh of like old training tapes so here you go and then old phone guy's back <laughs> but it's still recording and it it was kind of fun watching youtubers play it because like i feel like a lot of people don't like the phone guy but i love the phone guy and he always starts his phone calls with hello 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 (laughs) (laughs) so everybody like was like oh phone guy's back when he started his call with that (laughs) listening to the phone call a phone guy's story he tells you about these things called spring lock suits so basically there are these animatronic suits in this universe, in this game, in this franchise, where it can be both an animatronic and a wearable mascot suit. You would take a wrench and you would crank the something and it would bring the animatronic parts back enough so that a human being could fit inside of it and wear it like a suit. However, they are very dangerous. Phone guy tells you that if they get like wet or damp or like some some other thing or if you move too much in them, the spring locks may fail and it would shoot back and puncture you and just like skewer you inside of this suit, suit. crush you to death yes yeah, fun yes so on top of playing through the nights you also get mini games again where you're playing as the animatronics and you see this like one ghostly animatronic and it says follow me so you follow it and then who's there purple guy purple guy's back and he destroys the animatronic and you're like what what happened? And (laughs) so you see that after the first night and you're like, what is going on? The second night you finally see the animatronic and it is disgusting looking yellow Bonnie that has like it's like rotting and there's like body parts and guts falling out of it and stuff and uh, throughout the game you learn that purple guy actually got like attacked by the ghost while going back and dismantling all these animatronics and they he's like oh to avoid getting attacked by the ghost he hops into the spring lock suit. But because it's been, like, wet and damp and closed down for so long that the spring lock suit fails and he gets skewered inside of it. And so he ends up possessing the animatronic with his own rotting corpse inside of it. Mm. Which is pretty awesome. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and also pretty apt, like... Thing to happen to him and it's implied that like the owner of the company at the time was called in saw him there and was like seal it up <laughs> and they like built a concrete wall over that room so nobody would ever find him and uh and then these assholes did at Fazbear Frights and so it's only the one animatronic attacking you the entire game but there's no doors and you also have a vent that leads right to you. <laughs> and you need to use sounds to lure the animatronic away from you. But if you don't do it properly, like it will come to you and it will just kill you. like, And you will die a lot in that game. Yeah, because you also
3: have to pay attention to your systems and you can't have any system failures.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So like your air supply.
2: Right, that makes sense. Yeah,
3: or else you start to hallucinate. Oh
2: other animatronics.
3: Yes, yeah. and you'll yeah. see
0: other oh. Mhm. And they're scary. They scare. Yeah. The jump scares are a lot. <laughs> and they'll pop up out of nowhere yeah. and then also on top of that in this game series as far as we knew it, whenever you got jump scared, you were dead. In this one, if you got jump scared by a ghost, you were just jump scared and you were still playing. So a lot of people were like, oh, I'm dead. And then they'd be like, wait, no, what? I'm still alive. Like, oh, my God. So it was like kind of yeah. new, kind of fun. But also, I think a lot of people don't like this game. It's a hard one to play. <laughs> it's really yeah. hard.
3: Also, Springtrap is like, he makes me more uncomfortable than he scares me. But the concept of the spring lock suit is really what oh, I yeah. don't mm-hmm. like. Oh, I think it's awesome
0: it's great I think yeah it's awesome. the idea of him possessing a suit with his own rotting corpse inside of it is just like
4: fuck yes. yeah it's like shit <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong doesn't he like appear through a window and just like stare at you like oh yeah, a yeah. Big yeah. Image you have a big like, glass
3: like window yeah. facing out to like a lobbyish kind of area yeah,
4: yeah. you can just see the
0: like the and it's the Bonnie of character. He, he, no. It's no. a golden Bonnie character. Golden. Different uh, Bonnie. Golden. I see.
2: But, I mean, did you mention that uh, the very limited research I did on the show was that the Bonnie character was the one Scott was most terrified of. He had oh, nightmares about really? only yes. the Bonnie character. Yeah, I did we not mention that. We talked about Chico that. being the scariest yeah. in the first, but yeah. he yes. believed that Bonnie was... I mean, it, it's, a, again, that Donnie Darko bunny. <laughs> Maybe
0: that's why he bunny. made a bunny for the villain. character. For the villain. Yeah. Is
1: there also, like, a, um, a Golden Freddy
0: in the first y- one? Yes, there is Golden Freddy. We'll get into all that lore stuff. Sorry, like sorry, No, it's sorry. okay. It is all good, because there's so many... Like, I'm trying... Not to overwhelm. Gotcha. <laughs> Even though I feel like I'm still overwhelmed, there's so much to talk about. This game has been out for nine years. Um, but I guess
2: aesthetically, I'm mean, the point I'm trying to make is that he would pick the Bonnie character to be the one villain, or at least the the visage, whatever you guys are into, the golden, or the, <laughs> whether it's real or not. But. That's the no, reason you would pick it as the spring
0: Trap is real. Mm-hmm. But
2: it's separate from I understand that he's there's, a separate character. There's complex lore underneath, but yes. aesthetically <laughs> just looking at the face of the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He found yeah. the face of the thing most terrifying. So yes. that's the one if I were him I would pick to make my one villain that is true. i have to give up the others
0: yes in his interview uh he said that <laughs> that he's never had nightmares about his uh games or characters except for bonnie yeah. like he's had nightmares about bonnie and he said that's actually partly of what inspired him for uh F- fnaf 4 mm. uh is like, but we'll get into yeah, that yeah. for in a second. But <laughs> and then this was also the first Five Nights at Freddy's game to feature different endings. So mm-hmm. you could play through these different arcade games, which you would actually click on arcade games, like arcade cabinets, and then it would let you play games. But you had to play them in a certain order. And basically, while you were playing the games, there were certain areas where you could like glitch out of the map, and that's where you needed to go to actually like accomplish the lore, the story. How
2: did you know to do that?
0: You didn't. You didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I watched YouTubers do it. <laughs> so it's
2: not like a Mario game where there's other exits to the levels and oh, you just yeah, have to be clever. Pipes, yeah. That's not, there's no cleverness I mean, like, involved. It's just you have to be part of this group sharing secrets about the game. I
0: mean like if you clicked on the cabinet and you started playing the game you would um You could see areas where you were like, I think I can like break out of this, like, area.
2: So it had a Mario quality. Yeah, it did. It did.
0: I'm just saying that, like,
2: you get so
0: that was another thing with FNAF 3 is like everything is relatively set in like real life, but then all of a sudden, like, when you're playing the mini games, if you travel to a certain point in the map, there is a code that you see, and if you remember that code, there are nine. Tile, like yeah. tiles like literal tiles on the wall and if you click them in the correct order of the code without them having numbers on them they will unlock the the cabinets for you
2: that is some esoteric shit yes. right there mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm saying that you wouldn't know to play the arcade games because, like, you have to do that first,
2: (laughs) (laughs) if I remember correctly.
0: Uh, It's crazy.
2: I mean, the original culture of, like, NES gaming, like, kids, when I was a kid playing these games, is that you had to, like, call your friends to know stuff about the game because how do you get around this? How do you beat this? How do you beat that? You have to have these conversations. Otherwise, the game's incomprehensible because they never gave you much to go on. I think what happened... In you know the 2000s on is the internet like put that on speed, and now you can do this in a game. And there's so many people messing around with it and sharing it in, on the internet that you this is suddenly a functional thing to do. But yeah. if you had done that in 1989, nobody would have ever
0: no <laughs>
2: found maybe eight kids somewhere in sheboygan
0: and they would have been like,
2: "What?" You know, losing it cool over, thing. but no one ever knows. <laughs> I Five Nights at Freddy's! Yeah, right. You (laughs) do the tiles in this order. Yeah, but now you can get on Reddit, right, and tell everyone that this is how you do it.
0: And then you got the game theories uh, on YouTube. The game bunkers, (laughs) as Markiplier calls them. Um, So another interesting... So that's basically the premise of Five Nights at Freddy's 3. Um, And at the end of it the building burns down and you're hoping that uh, Springtrap went with it but you don't know for sure (laughs) and so in Docco's interview, uh, Scott said that after this game series became a huge hit and he planned on making more he wanted the game series to become a trilogy but this goes into how he he didn't want to disappoint his fans and his fans were disappointed by this game. They, They said that the Springtrap jump scare wasn't very scary and that the lore, it didn't help solve enough of the lore, which is a problem for all Five Nights at Freddy's Mm -hmm. games. It's like Scott thinks he's clarifying things, but he's only making the water more muddy. (laughs) And it's, so it's it's definitely an interesting balance. And
2: they wanted it resolved completely.
0: I don't know if they wanted it resolved completely, but um, Scott made it, uh, made a point to be like, That he was disappointed that people were disappointed was Springtrap's jump scare, and that's why he made the next game.
2: That's fair, I guess. I mean, I I guess that's a significant enough element. But as far as solving the lore is concerned, I mean, there's a lot of cultural products out there where the lore is left... Yeah. open-ended and that's mm. it's not star wars like you don't need everything to be wrapped up <laughs> with a neat bow you know yeah. what i mean not that there's anything wrong with star wars i'm just saying like yeah
0: watch your you mouth. would be annoyed
2: <laughs> but you would be annoyed no. walking out of a star wars being like well what what is all this that so they're talking about <laughs> what was all that weird stuff they did in the back room there but <laughs> but you do expect that from twin peaks you know and, and there are products where it's it's okay to yeah to not know
4: and as frustrating as it is it also like if you just put the lore out there like this is what happened this is the story people see that they're like oh that's super cool and and that's it that's that's all that goes in but he, i feel like scott uses that to an advantage because almost the fans kind of create the lore just by yeah like like Pat, like him doing that creates more interest
0: yeah Oh, for sure. And there's a lot of people coming up with their own theories, like me and Bree, which we will get into. <laughs> we have some hot takes oh, for we. the you guys, oh, might, oh, yeah. you guys
3: might hate us a little bit about a couple but of it's them. More, but.
2: I guess my point is it's more fun to be able to have multiple oh, yeah. versions yeah. Mm-hmm. rather than asking the creator to you know, yes. give you so much that there's no yeah. alternative. And I
0: think that there's a lot... Of people in the fan base that feel that way that like they're like Scott just tell us what the game is about <laughs> but um, but most of the people I would say enjoy hunting and searching for these things yeah. um, however the the waters are going to get even more muddy so Scott says in this interview that every game that I released after FNAF 3 I made to clarify things that confused people from the first game <laughs> introduce Five Nights at Freddy's 4 which is a very divisive game because uh it introduced so many different things to the lore that people are still arguing over it to this day like what any of it means who the characters are (laughs) like it's it's crazy like you bring up fnaf 4 and there's like ready to throw throw hands like people will fight you yeah
2: they will so he was like oh you weren't happy with how i resolved the lore in number three well here you go let me just dump a whole bunch of new bullshit on you
0: it's so, and it, it's a very different style game. You are no longer a security guard at a pizzeria. You are a child in your own bedroom being attacked by nightmare versions of the animatronics. Yeah. You might like yep. this one for gameplay yeah.
2: more, Rob. you get to move around? You do. Mm-hmm. Just a little oh. bit. A little bit, but still. I'll it's take enough. that.
0: Yeah. So you're like, <laughs> you get to sit at the foot of your bed and then you run to the door and you, it, you peek out. And it's pitch black, and you have to sit there and you have to very carefully listen. And if you hear an animatronic breathing next to your door, you have to close it.
2: That is terrifying.
0: Yes, it's. FNAF 4 is definitely mm-hmm. the scariest yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that I played, and I was like, after night one, I was like, I'm not playing anymore.
2: <laughs> it's
4: yeah, too that was scary.
2: A, it
3: was a hard one to get through.
0: That's the one. Yes. That's the
4: one with the chair
0: in down
4: the hallway. Or oh, with yeah,
0: yes. like the wolves. With side the. A plus strap. Plus strap. Yep. You got yeah. it.
2: Well, so that's very similar that you have to close the door. And yeah no there's
0: a lot okay. of similarities but you can to just it walk around the room a yeah bit. but you can walk around the room <laughs> but then also like you don't you have to very carefully mm-hmm. listen to even see if you can hear it breathing and then if you don't hear it breathing you have to shine your light to like scare them away if they're like c- trying to come down the hallway and stuff and then on top of that you also have these like little things oh. called uh frettles that oh, will yeah. sit on your bed and you need to turn around and scare them away with the flashlight and they're like very scary tiny Freddie's mm-hmm. and <laughs> and you have
3: foxy in your closet too yeah oh, foxy yeah. will
0: come into your closet so your
3: parents hate you
0: yeah yes. actually yeah yes. that's the story yes, of this right. game yeah. but you figured out the lore oh,
2: well, <laughs> no. see. see I am the smartest guy you know
0: yeah is
2: yeah. <laughs> um, the phone guy call you
0: no but there's there, a toy phone yeah there is a toy phone and there's like a little toy fan in the room and stuff like that oh, and then cute. there's little easter eggs where sometimes you can hear like the phone ringing from fnaf games yeah. which leads us to oh, okay um so i will get into one of the theories about this game that pissed people off so as per usual now after every night, you have a mini game that you play, and this time it's still eight bit style. Except you play as a child that you assume that you're playing as in the actual like gameplay, and he is crying. And do you know what the name of this character is, Rob?
2: Crying child. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I had to I had to look that right up on Wikipedia.
0: Did
1: you really? <laughs> no, I did oh, not. I, I... Like,
0: <laughs> I was like, Daddy you spoiled it." <clears throat> So, and that's what's really, it, 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 you play as this kid and every night before you start your minigame, it's like five days until the party, four days until the party. And you're like, what party? And this kid has five nights, I mean, um like fazbear plushes like it's got bonnie chica fetty and foxy and it's he walks up to it and he's like these are my friends so it's like he likes the characters but he's terrified of the animatronics and for some reason he keeps ending up in the pizzeria like there's like multiple days where you start and he's like on the floor crying and it's like what are you doing here if you don't like it here (laughs) but and the and then you also have a stuffed animal of a golden freddy who was talking to you and being like don't you remember what you saw you need to get out of here and this stuff like that this is all in eight bits yes yeah oh, damn yeah it's Oops. really weird um and it it drove people mm-hmm. nuts but at the very end of the week Oh, well, I guess I should mention, too. It's like um, during the week, you're constantly being tortured by your older brother who wears a foxy mask and will jump out and scare you and then make you cry more.
2: <laughs> the actual character. Yeah, okay. the actual
0: character. And, um, and then the 8-bit's over, and then you go back to the nightmares. So at the end of the week, it's your birthday, and your brother is like oh you're such a scaredy cat and he's like hey come on my friends who are other bullies let's make my brother kiss the uh animatronic oh, no. and so they carry him over to the animatronic put his head up to the animatronic and they put his head a little close to his teeth and the animatronic crunches down and kills oh,
2: the
0: kid oh it's the fight of 87 except yeah. it's not the 83. Oh, that's 83 a... that's
1: what
2: people thought at first. Well, of that course, course is the they did.
0: Yeah. He's like, is that the Bite of 87?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, obviously it should be. No, no, no. Well, but we... we've never heard about other Bites, have we? No. No. Uh, well, a lot of
3: people were angry because of that. Yeah,
2: that is annoying. <laughs> yes. It would be cooler if it was the Bite of
0: 87. No, but, but the thing is, we'll get into the lore. We know all who the Bite of right, 87 okay. victim mm-hmm.
2: is. Okay, fine. You play It's them. bitten child.
0: No. No. <laughs> He I mean he goes by the crying child but he also goes by the bite victim.
2: <laughs> oh so the oh you just told us then it's the crying child from these 8 bit games.
0: Yeah well yeah. you see him die. Oh no! I'm sorry, How do I? you're getting confused. No, 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 no. The a Bite of eighty seven is completely separate from this. Okay. Get it out of your head. The bite of
2: eighty-three was the crying child or was yes. me yes. as the player in the bedroom?
0: N- yes. Which to one both am of I? Those things. Okay. You are the crying child oh, who I am is both in children.
2: The b- yes. As player. Yes. I am crying child in the eight-bit games and I am child in bedroom with yes. me and older brother. Yes. And both of those children got bit.
0: No. Only the one. <laughs> You're the one. The, the
2: did I get bit in eight bits or did I get bit in all the bits? Eight bits. I got bit in eight bits. <laughs> I got eight bit bites.
0: Yes. <laughs> Bree looks so fucked so, so
2: You signed up for this, Bree. So this is the side game then, not the main game. Yes. Okay, is where but the bite happens. But it's
0: giving you the lore. So then, yeah. the
2: side game, you're going to your party. Yes. In the main game you don't know what the nights. You're still having to pass 5 nights, but you don't know to what end. Yes. Okay. All right.
0: Yes. And but you're Thank being you. haunted by these like super scary versions of the animatronics. Like they give them like super sharp teeth, they look like they're rotting and like kind of like springtrap and then they also like some of them have like stomachs that have mouths in them and stuff. Like they're they're pretty scary looking. And there's
2: no explanation as to why in your home you are being
0: tortured by Not things. at the moment. Okay. Not at the moment. Not when no. you're playing the game. And because not- the
2: first one starts and tells you that you're a knight. Guard and yes, these things exactly. do these spirits. so there's nobody there's no No, explanation You kind of just start
0: the game and you are just a child and you're like, What is going on?
2: And these things are coming. And it for doesn't you.
0: tell you anything. It, well, actually, that's not true. It does have a little title card that pops up, but it's little, like yeah. very vaguely like, Oh, listen at the door, and if it's there, close it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. But right. uh, so anyway. So Crying Child dies, and as he's sort of fading to black, you hear his favorite plush Freddie, tell him you are broken I will put you back together again and everybody was like what the fuck does that mean and then also on top of that you there are some random things where like randomly when you look at your bed to like get rid of the frettles you could sometimes see like flowers on your bed night night stand your nightstand. <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
0: your nightstand, and then you could also see like IV you can hear like a hospital beep and stuff like that implying that like the child is like maybe he was experiencing this in like a coma before he fully passed away or something. And this led to dream theory which (laughs) like rocked the fandom because everybody, it was basically saying that every game that has happened was in the crying child's dreams and that's why he was afraid of everything that was happening.
2: Although the game seems to only suggest that the fourth game itself was this coma dream.
0: Yes, it yeah. implies that the coma dream was the fourth game, but that every other game was just his own nightmares. It makes like, sense
2: for the fourth game because the context. There's no reason why animatronics should be attacking this child. No, yeah. So of course, yeah. it makes sense. It's a dream, but then the other games had, like I said, a, a cogent. Oh yeah. Theory behind no, them. No, for
0: sure. And and that's another thing that kind of sucked about this is it had a lot of weight to it. Like, mm. I think Dream Theory had a lot of weight to it. And and Scott has said that there was only one time, but he retconned the game one time, or the story of the game one time. And in the doku interview, it feels like he almost says, like, solidifies that it was in FNAF 4 mm-hmm. where he retconned the game. So, for a minute, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's some hints that maybe it wasn't, but I also think that Dream Theory was sort of what Scott was going for. I
3: think for just that game i don't know that it was his intention with the rest of the games for that to fit yeah. i think the fourth game yeah. was supposed to be yeah, dream theory sense though sense.
4: it might have been that like we said earlier that scott said that this was good the game to like clear everything up right was it this game or the last one
0: uh this is the game that he was like i'm making to clear everything yeah. up
4: so maybe this was his i'm gonna clear everything up and this will make sense But then...
0: And then another thing that made this even worse was that after you watched the crying child, like, die, basically, or, like, fade to black, a metal box with two locks (laughs) would pop up on it, (gasps) and it would say, some things are better left forgotten. And that was that. And honestly, to this day, we still don't know what the fuck the box is. (laughs) We don't don't know what's inside of it. I mean, like, there are theories, but it's like... It still is like what the fuck so anyway yeah so scott basically just muddied the waters and like it kind of split the fan base like the fan base is like kind of i feel like over that game
2: well that's a i mean it's such a departure initially the first game i don't know about the second or third from what you've described the weird like that box Mm -hmm. would have been something that you accidentally see on the side (laughs) it's not a core part of what's shown to you as a player but now that you've made this weird lore central to the thing it does feel like a departure
0: yeah cryptic I should say
2: this cryptic stuff is no longer like unnecessary to the game now it's just like sitting right in front of your face like here yeah, deal with this.
0: But it's like, yeah, in your face cryptic. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's very different. Sure. Now Maybe. you're in
2: David Lynch territory, <laughs> which is not as, not everybody likes that. And uh,
0: 2015 would also introduce another thing that I think Scott was trying his best to help clear things up, but it only made things worse. <laughs> and uh, 2015 is when he released his first novel that he wrote with uh, Kira Breed. risley risley (laughs) either or um and it was called the silver eyes and so scott's idea for the fnaf book series is that it takes place in the same universe as fnaf so it is canon but it is a different timeline than the games so the story of the games are not affected per se by what happens in the books but the technology and things introduced in the books could help explain things that happen in the games
3: okay <laughs> it gets to the point where you need the books to explain yeah, some of the game you issues
0: literally it, like to the point where like it but you really shouldn't because they're separate
2: media yes
0: and uh, it's basically like instead of making games now he's just steady releasing books being like uh there's a hint here there's a hint here and then that's another thing too is um he sort of so the book novel series is like three um three books and i'm I'm not even going to get into it because the story is batshit insane, and uh, we'll get into it in the in the Lord <laughs> one. I'm not going to get into it right now. But then he releases a series called like Fazbear Frights or something. And uh, it's basically Goosebumps, but in set in the Five Nights at Freddy's universe. And it's there's like two fun. to three. S- it mm-hmm. is fun. They're fun. They're fun stories. However, what's frustrating about it is like you're reading like two Goosebumps stories that are fun. And then the third story is like super important lore. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So now you're like, shit, I need to read every single book because it might tell me how to solve some of the shit in the video games. Mm. But it doesn't give you direct answers to the video games. It just gives you (laughs) hints that could help you solve it.
2: It's starting to feel a little too capitalist, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: He's just trying to sell books. Yeah. You'd be less likely to buy it if there wasn't this essential lore. No, for sure. It makes me, like, I'm bringing, now I'm bringing up Twin Peaks too much, but it does make me think they produced books, but you don't need them. You know, like, the books that explored the lore, they released movies. You, you don't even really need the movies to appreciate the show. Like each of those things, the show can exist without the other stuff. But if you're a deeper fan, then you can certainly go appreciate the movies and the books. Yeah. But if you need to go buy the book to understand the rest of it. Yeah, that feels like you're taking advantage of me.
0: Yes, I mm. totally agree with that. And also, but that's another thing, too, is like half of the fandom doesn't think that the book's are canon yeah so like <laughs>
2: okay. well good for them they,
0: yeah well though
3: they, they ignore a lot of vital information yes. for the series
0: mm-hmm. that's the thing is like there's vital information in these fucking yeah. books <laughs> and the books are okay like i mean like the Fazbear fights are cute stories the novel series is wild and mm. um it's just it, it is it's it's a frustrating way to deliver lore. And you're right, a very capitalist approach to it as well.
2: Ultimately, the amiibos.
0: <laughs> oh, God. But then you don't even get a fun little statue, no. right?
2: If he had released Freddy amiibos that give you lore...
0: <laughs> I'd have all of them. <laughs> <So I did.
2: laughs>
0: Okay, so it's really every game. It just gets messier and messier. So now he releases Sister Location a year later, uh, October 7th, 2016. And this is a completely different type of game than every other game. You are able to, like, walk around. Mm -hmm. You go to multiple different rooms.
2: Badass. It's my favorite (laughs) game. Badass. It's my favorite
0: (laughs) And on top of that, there is a shit ton of floor, and he hired... Other voice actors, not just himself. <laughs>
1: yes, and, is that guy one of the
0: uh voice actors? her mm, sister not location? Sister. I don't. Yeah. about
1: a different game. That's mine. I think he was in Poppy Playtime. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. Poppy Playtime. Yeah.
0: Duh. Um, but yeah, Odoo. No, Odor. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Only weird internet people know that. Yeah, that's
4: another. That's a whole other game. Yeah, <laughs> with yeah. a more lore.
2: Hello, on weird it. internet people. We're so glad That's you're us. here. That's
1: us. Yep, Can't forget about exotic butters.
0: Oh, that is one of the best jokes in the game. The bongos See, th- th- for me. I know. <laughs> the so... Sister Location, that's one thing I do appreciate about the FNAF series is, like, it does take itself seriously, but it's not afraid to, like, joke around and stuff, and Sister Location is actually pretty funny, Mm -hmm. and then also has some of the best scares in the Mm -hmm. entire game series, although I will never want to play it because of the one thing that we were talking about with Mark Plyer, where it's basically, like, you get... Basically abducted by the animatronics one night. You're you're kind of a security guard, you're kind of a maintenance guy. You go down into this like bunker and you're met with these fun time animatronics that are very cutesy, but they're built differently than the other animatronics, and then they also feature new characters we've never seen before, like a clown named Baby, and then like a ballerina clown looking person named Ballora, and then we have Foxy. Fun time Foxy, fun-time which is Foxy. like pink instead and of fun time Freddy. oh and fun time Who who how mm. could i forget yeah. <laughs> i like
3: them. they're aesthetically my favorite animatronics yeah, yeah they're, so cool.
0: they're very they're unique they are they're very neat looking but um yes yeah. so you go down there and at one point you get kind of abducted by baby and she shoves you into a spring lock suit and is basically like don't trigger the spring locks and that's you have to keep with your fingers i guess according to the game tightening the spring locks while these little ballerina doll things are crawling inside the suit to try and shake it so you will die it was
3: impossible until they changed it but mark beat that level and it's
0: awful (laughs) it's horrible yeah (laughs) it's very weird but anyway that's not necessarily super important but Yeah. yeah so you learn a lot of lore there also pissing people off um, and then so that's FNAF 5 and then we finally get to FNAF 6 which I think is my favorite game and, and this is the end sort of mm, no <laughs> there's never an end is to FNAF for our purposes yes
2: okay go ahead <laughs> the audience I'm, likes to know
0: <laughs> I'm on 7 out of 9
2: <laughs> well I mean like this is the last game you're gonna talk about
0: no it's not oh. <laughs> <laughs> no short that Mm -hmm. hold on let me do this (laughs) all right go ahead go ahead
2: it's just I tend to let the audience uh, cue them in like we're now we're nearing the
0: we are nearing the end FNAF 6 look at it like a grand finale to the series it basically takes everything that you have experienced in every single game of Five Nights at Freddy's and kind of puts it all into one and so this one is not actually called FNAF 6. It is called Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator mm-hmm. where you become uh, a franchisee of the company and you open up your own pizzeria. So you're able to like pick what arcade games go in and you decorate it and you pick what animatronics go on the stage and then you also have to deal with the lawsuits that happen when your animatronics kill people. <laughs> and,
3: like, it's a really
2: cool one. It's like a like, Sims yes, kind of game. It sort of, sort lot, of yeah. is.
0: And what's super cool about it too is um, after Sister Location released and kind of like Everybody was like, everything's so different now. Like, what is going on in FNAF? Nobody knows. Scott went quiet. Like, he Mm. got off the internet. Nobody knew where he was. Nobody even knew if he was alive. And everybody was like, what's happening now with FNAF? Because he left it in such a weird place after Sister Location ended. And uh, a year later, on December 4th, he releases this game out of nowhere. No advertising for it. He just put it on there. And everybody was like, Five Nights at Freddy's? Like, what? It it basically helps put a... An ending to this series of stories of like about child murder and the purple guy killing people running your pizzeria and part of your work clause is that you're supposed to check the alley every night and if there's an animatronic out there you're supposed to bring it inside put it in a room and then you're supposed to see if it's active or not and then once you do that you block it in the room and you leave and then you also have to then go sit in a really dark room for some reason mm-hmm. and order food and stuff. And order stuff for your you're restaurant. You're like in the vents. Yeah, you're like sitting in the vents and the yeah. animatronics can hear you. And like the more animatronics that you collect from the alley, the more are trying to kill you as the week progresses. There's so many different choices and things in this game. like, And it gives you so many lures and you can actually so much lore I mean (laughs) and it also gives you like you can play the actual arcade games and then there's secrets inside of the arcade games um and then there's really truly like a bookend on it where uh at the end of the week you find out that the guy who hired you to open up this franchise uh is like the guy who founded the company and he lured all the animatronics here so he could have them all in one place, trapped them in this like weird labyrinth and then burned them all to set their spirits free.
2: That sounds nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, Mm. relatively. And he's got this badass line where you're looking at Springtrap slash um, purple guy and he's like, and for one of you, the darkest pit of hell has opened up to swallow you whole. So don't Mm -hmm. keep the devil waiting, old friend. And it's like, Mm -hmm. ooh. It's fun. (laughs) It's fun. It's a fun one. I have that shit memorized off the top of my head. I wasn't reading anything. <laughs>
1: it was just that memorized.
0: I actually stopped looking at my script because I just know this shit. Yeah. Like, this is so bad. So, if Pizzeria Simulator is the final chapter of the series, this is the last game I'm going to be talking about today. <laughs> uh, the next game that releases is, like, the bookend. Um, so, this game is called Ultimate Custom Night, and it was released June 27th, 2018. And basically, it takes... Almost, if not all, every animatronic that you have seen from FNAF 1 to 7 is this one. This is 7. You get to fight all of them, basically. And you get, there's different challenge modes where you can decide, like, which ones that you want to fight and everything, but there are 50 of them. And throughout playing the game, when you die and when you hit a certain number of rewards points, it'll give you some hidden lore, of course and in this game if you pay enough attention to the to what the characters are saying to you you find out that you are playing as the purple guy in hell being tortured by the things that he helped create kind of oh, thing oh that's fun yeah it is fun <laughs> it yeah. actually is mm-hmm. yeah. it's a really neat game but there are 50 characters in this game and so of course mm-hmm. everybody was like we need to do 50 20 mode and that is what daco was like i'm going to beat and scott yeah. was like it is not possible and daco said watch me and he did it but holy crap is it a nightmare yeah. to play that game with a 50 of them it's mm-hmm. sort of impressive watching him play it because it's like how do you even understand what is happening it, there's just so much shit on your screen it's unreal but anyway um yeah, it's that's, the
2: same premise that you're trying to keep them from killing you?
0: Yeah, you have yeah. to survive yeah. from 12 a.m. Oh, I'm sorry. You said yeah.
2: fight, so I was like, oh, cool. You get to, like, punch them now. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. They get to that. punch you and
0: right. chew you They're and gonna. bite you. And <laughs> but, yeah, so you're trying to survive, and every single animatronic just wants to murder you because you murdered them, probably. <laughs> um, so it's, like, a pretty nice ending to the story. So... That was the last game I wanted to talk about today. And we are only four years into the nine years that uh, this series has been active. So I kind of wanted to stop here because I think it's important. There are more games that come out, obviously, uh, that lead us to today. With Ultimate Custom Night, it's sort of, solos out those first seven games as their own little contained story now they do have like relevance to the new stuff that happens however they're two completely separate things and connecting them together right now is like it 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 would just make everything super messy and stuff so it's important to learn at the core these seven games which are the most important and honestly the most interesting parts of the series before you can then move on to the newer games. Um, but I will say what the newer games are. Um, after Ultimate Custom Night, they released um, the VR Help Wanted game, which is actually really fun, but horrifying. Um, then they released an AR game, which is like an iPhone game where like the animatronics are in your living room and it was real dumb. And then Security Breach, which is their first video game where like you it's like a 3D video game. It's like a normal video game where you play as a character and you run around a building and do stuff. Like an actual video game. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's terrible. It's <laughs> janky as all hell. Well, I guess
2: that, yeah. yeah. Hopes up
0: But, yes. And I know I said that there are 11 games and that, is actually only 10. However, um there are 11 games. It's just that Scott disowned one of them. And <laughs> so and it's so it's not relevant to the story anymore. It was called FNAF World and he made it in between FNAF 4 and Sister Location. And I think it was only like live for like very little like a week or so before Scott was like this game is awful and like took it away. And, like I don't mm-hmm. know if you can even play it now um that's
2: wonder, wonderful
0: yeah yeah so he disowned does anybody
2: game. have like
0: footage of that yeah, yeah there that. is yeah. footage yeah. of it so it must yeah. have been around longer than a week but scott in the interview recently made it sound like that he was like yep that stuff is gone <laughs> i don't know it was so well,
2: like regular joe like me i couldn't just pull it up
0: to probably play, not right? yeah i haven't tried but honestly it didn't look like <laughs> it didn't it look like something trying, i wanted to play yeah. anyway mm-hmm. Closing thoughts on this. I oh, that was a lot. That was more than <laughs> I, I thought. I I
2: <laughs> you got two episodes here. It's an hour fifty-one.
3: Oh my oh. god!
2: Now you always do this every time. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Rob. This is an hour. We'll be done in an hour. You might have four episodes with the lore, man. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to have
0: like six episodes, Rob. Wait, do you remember
2: we talked about before you started the show? I was like, you can put out one episode a month because Maddie didn't want to do it anymore. And I said, we'll just put out one a month. And now here you are dropping like two to four episodes a month.
0: <laughs> I'm making more than you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Although I'm only talking about one topic in a lot of detail. In
2: this case, you are doubling OC episodes for the month that you will post these. Yes, Woo! we post about two That's a cool. month. Fuck you. Confessions? Easy. Don't bite mommy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was wild though.
3: Oh, Oh, it
0: only gets worse, Rob. It really does. Wait wait till we get to the lore um which honestly like i thought we were gonna have enough time to get to today no, no, um no. and then also last night i literally like that meme where it's like you're laying in bed and then your brain is like hey did you remember that and then you wake up <laughs> uh i'm lying in bed and then i'm like wait a second that didn't make sense in the lore. I think everybody's wrong about this one thing. And I woke up and I was like, I need to research this right now. I sleep. I and,
3: answers. and
0: we figured it out before recording this. Yeah, so we literally we have a whiteboard out. We yeah. wrote down the timeline. We got this shit figured out and we, yeah, we are do. the ones who solved FNAF. Yeah, we did. <laughs> it was we, us. And you'll hear about it God Next knows time. when. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next time. We're
2: <You're> on Strange Ride. <laughs>
0: Yeah, one through seven. Yes, he made them oh, okay. all by himself. But after
2: seven, he was no longer involved with the series.
0: After seven, he is still involved, but he hands it over to this company called Steel Wool, mm. which they're like an actual like gaming company, developing company, and like can make these bigger games. Like Scott never would have been able to make like a whole VR game by himself, right? Uh, with all these like 3D rendered stuff. So like he he knew that the series needed to grow, especially, and like he also probably didn't want to keep making fnaf games for the rest of his life so he handed it off to this company and it's so i guess i wanted to point that out too um that i forgot to mention which is something that i think you'll like rob is that so this these first seven games are basically like all paranormal horror the next couple of games and where the story is heading is all about sci-fi and like anti- ai like ai is like <laughs> coming to kill us i like the us. paranormal
2: stuff too but <laughs> yeah no, i know yeah. yeah
0: but you've been all about ai it's a hot uh, button topic at uh, the moment it does make
2: me very annoyed as a college <laughs> professor yes
0: yeah so it's it's getting very sci-fi and focusing a lot on ai instead of um ghost actually haunting these animatronics and stuff now. So, it, And that's another reason why I separated the two is because they're they're very different from one another. Yeah. Um, it obviously pulls from the lore, so you need to understand the lore from the first seven games in order to help you understand what's happening in this game, but it's also going in a way different way for, I guess, people who are new to getting into the games, but even then it's still so convoluted that it's like how do you possibly get into these games without somebody holding your hand even then i feel like i still like a lot of people might be confused by this episode but what give can it you a do try. yeah
2: now you can go out and give it a go oh yeah what having listened to savannah
0: oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh that was one the long last thing that i wanted to do go ahead. <laughs> and i uh there is uh i have the character encyclopedia here in front of me and i wanted to read through every single character that is actually in this series (laughs) just really quickly
2: as you go to bed dear listener
0: (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to i was going to put this at like the end of the episode so so we have freddy fazbear toy freddy withered freddy golden freddy shadow freddy phantom freddy nightmare freddy nightmare fredbear nightmare Funtime Freddy, Rockstar Freddy, Lefty, Helpy, Glamrock Freddy, Blacklight Freddy, Party Freddy, Freddles, Dreadbear, Shamrock Freddy, Firework Freddy, VR Toy Freddy, Woodland Toy Freddy, Freddy Frostbear, Black Ice Frostbear, Aeronaut Toy Freddy, Lonely Freddy, Twisted Freddy, Bonnie, Toy Bonnie, Withered Bonnie, R W Q F S F A S X C Nightmare Bonnie, Bonbon, Bonnet, Jacko Bonnie, Rockstar Bonnie, Neon Bonnie, Chocolate Bonnie, System Error, Toy Bonnie, Easter Bonnie, Boulder Toy Bonnie, Blackheart Bonnie, Sunken Toy Bonnie, Sea Bonnie, Twisted Bonnie, Spring Bonnie, Chica, <laughs> Toy Chica, Wither Chica, Phantom Chica, Nightmare Chica, Jacko Chica, Rockstar Chica, Funtime Chica, Neon Chica, Glam Rock Chica, High Score Toy Chica, Liberty Chica, Scorching Chica, Katrina Toy Chica, Twisted Chica. <laughs> Foxy, Withered Foxy, Phantom Foxy, Nightmare Foxy, Funtime Foxy, Lobit, Rockstar Foxy, Burnt Foxy, Dark Foxy, Blacklight Foxy, Grim Foxy, Radioactive Foxy, Ringmaster Foxy. This is me turning a page. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bad Foxy, Yark Foxy, Twisted Foxy, The Puppet. Phantom Puppet, Shadow Puppet, Nightmare On, Security Puppet, Balloon Boy, JJ, Phantom Balloon Boy, Shadow Balloon Boy, Nightmare Balloon Boy, Dee Dee, XOR, Swamp Balloon Boy, Frostbite Balloon Boy, Jetpack Balloon Boy, Lucky Boy, Endo 1, Endo 2, Nightmare Endo, Ennard, Yendo, Flamethrower Endo, Darkwater Endo, Molten Freddy, Glitch Trap, Spring Trap, Dark Spring Trap, Clown Spring Trap, Toxic Spring Trap, The Curse, Plush Trap, Frost Plush Trap, Piranha Plush Trap, Circus Baby, Plush Baby, Scrap Baby, Ape Baby, Broiler Baby, sick Baby, Eleanor, Ballora. Arctic Ballora, Clockwork Ballora, Mini-Rena, Clockwork Mini-Rena, Biddy-Bab, (laughs) Electro-Bab, Mangle, Phantom Mangle, Nightmare Mangle, Magician Mangle, Serpent Mangle, The Stitch Wraith, Mr. Cupcake, The Mediocre Melodies, Happy Frog, Mr. Hippo, Pig Patch, Orville Elephant, Ned Bear, Roxanne Wolf, Montgomery, Gamer, Montgomery Gator, Trash in the Gang, Old Man Consequences, Sun, Moon, Music Man, L Chip, Little Joe, Magician, Egg Baby, Human Heads, Hand Unit, Vendor Bots, Twisted Wolf, William Afton, Burn Trap, The Blob, The Crying Child, Elizabeth Afton, Charlotte Emily, Henry, Vanessa, Slash Vanny, and Gregory. <laughs>
2: Thank you, (laughs) and good night.
0: Um, I was going to say something, and I fucking... uh, uh, What was I going to say? (laughs) It was going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was was going to be good. It
2: really was.